Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the morning sports briefing here on the 4th of May. Yes, coming to you live at 8 a.m. every single morning. It's your best way to start your day uh, up to date with all the important sporting, info, well, sporting information news, is what I meant to say. Dearing me, stumbling over my words. Haven't had enough coffees yet. That's the problem. But welcome to New Zealand Sports Radio. You can watch live on the Facebook page or you can listen via uh, the recording via our podcast. Just search for New Zealand Sports Radio. And in news today, um, we have, um, will the EPL be in Australia? Um, no hibernation for New Zealand cricket. MP threatens to pull out of world rugby. Warriors could yet host home games this season. Uh, and the Game of Thrones star lifts new record heights. Well, lifts, lifts records new heights. Sorry, dearie me. Let's get on with the football news. And yes, there is a suggestion that the English Premier League could be hosted uh, in Perth, Australia, or in Western Australia. Um, there had already been talk that they would be using neutral grounds rather than all the grounds and just have 10 grounds rather than the full 20. Um, but if they go to Australia, then obviously we'd be looking at even less than that. I think it is perhaps a, a bit of a wild uh, suggestion that they'll go to Australia, but you never know. Um, how these things might happen during these unprecedented COVID-19 times. Um, one team that would be unhappy with this would be Brighton. Um, their chairman has come out and said that uh, uh, it would threaten the integrity of the competition um, if the games were not played at home, even if they were played without um, the, uh, the, the crowds uh, at the games. Um, he's not been the only one to come out. Um, West Ham have also mentioned that they, but they weren't uh, that, that, that um, they weren't totally happy, but they were not as forthright um, as the uh, Brighton Hove Albion are. Both those sides, funnily enough, are in a relegation scrap at the moment. So every single piece of advantage they can get to help them, uh, they really do want. So we'll see how that all pans out. Um, we've had people breaking ranks there with the Premiership. Uh, situation and how they're looking at doing things. Heading over to the 
um, Belarusian Premier League. Uh, we had four games overnight. Um, first off, um, Belashina were beaten by Dynamo Brest at home at 0-3. So congratulations to Ashwin's team there. That sees them climb up to ninth in the table. And for those of you watching on Facebook, uh, we have the table up on screen now for you. Um, Verbitsk lost to Slavia 2-3. Bate um, beat the visiting Neymar Gordon um, 3-1. And uh, Shakator uh, beat Isok 4-0. Um, that means at the end of this round, after, after seven games have been played, um, that uh, Slutz, my team, at top the table, closely followed by two points behind is Torpedo, from, which is Stephen from the Deep South's um, team, uh, and Bate, who uh, got that win over Neymar Groda um, in third place. They're all the ones in the European places for the, um, or the chance of getting into European competitions. It's then a bit of a logjam with only two points. Uh, you've got Energex in fourth on 12 points, all the way down to Gordia in 10th place, which is Stevens from the finals team um, on 10 points. Uh, and then you've got three more teams on nine points behind them there, so Dynamo Minsk. So it is really, really tight between 14th all the way up to, well, basically second in the table. There is no gaps in points. The bottom two, Smolovic and Belashina are a bit off the pace. Um, there's a five-point gap already opened up to those two. So those two looking like relegation favourites at this time. They haven't won any games either of them so far. They've had a few draws, but no wins so far for them. That gets you up to date with your football news. And I will now hand you over to Ashwin, who will take us through our cricket update. Good morning, Paul, and good morning to everybody out there and the start of a lovely week. And as mentioned by Paul in the headlines, no hibernations for New Zealand cricket this year. Normally, as the domestic season winds down, New Zealand cricket obviously starts to take a little bit of a backward steps and take a bit of a breather. But this year, last Thursday, they got into a bit of planning for what's going to happen post-COVID-19 and what's going to happen, what the season next year is going to look like. So they have designed, uh, devised about four scenarios, but David White's a bit tight-lipped about what those scenarios might be. But he was there was one thing that he basically confirmed is that the season would start as scheduled in October. That's a normal start date for New Zealand cricket. The worst-case scenario would see no internationals at home, and that would mean also that there would be no women's one-day international um, World Cup that was planned for February next year either. The plans around that, uh, if that does happen, by the sounds of it, as I said, he's been quite tight-lipped, is that they'll have a sort of all-stars series where they'll just utilise local players to come up with a, I suppose, north-south series, etc. Now, moving on to Australia, where Usman Kawaja, who missed out on his Cricket Australia contract, has fired back some shots. Shots fired. He has accused Cricket Australia with financial mismanagement of the game in Australia. Concerns all round that the CA look to be in real financial trouble if there's no international matches held in the coming summer season. There is general disbelief that the CA is in this financial situation and many players and states are dubious or not in high regard of CA's financial forecasts. Seems to be a common theme amongst a few sports in terms of they the money, the coffers seem to be quite bare. And I think there will be, out of this tragedy, or not tragedy so much, but this pandemic, I should say, uh, a, a review of governance structures that sort of 
particularly around financial matters. Moving into the ECB realm, and that's back into England, and Ebony Rainford-Brent feels that it's more feasible to get the women's game up and running in the UK than the men's game. There are fewer teams required to get a competition going, so there's fewer players required. She believes logistically it'll be much easier to get it up and running. For example, total total numbers to get a women's game up and running would be about 30 versus the men's game. Rainford-Brent is optimistic. All plans, go ahead, plans could go ahead if the government loosens the restrictions that they currently have in place around COVID-19. And that, Paul, is our cricket news for Monday. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ashwin. That's a small number of people needed for a, for a game. If you remember, we were talking about the Bundesliga happening behind closed doors. They were talking that they still needed 300 people to host a single game. Uh, so only 30 required for a women's um, cricket game shows you just how much less infrastructure and how, uh, and how much less support they get than um, some of those football teams. Yeah, basically, we're, we're, you know, you're looking about 22 players to for the two teams. Um, obviously, a couple of umpires and a, a, a scorer, really, and that, that's basically about it. And then a, a physio for each team. Um, that sort of, as you say, the, the the funding's not there to have the big bloat of a physio per player, and um, you know, <laughs> all, all that all that goes with the men's game. So. Um, it, logistically looks like it'd be a lot easier to get the women's game up and running. This is all, as I said, all dependent on what the government allows them to do. Obviously, yep, very, very true. And let's head over now to Stephen from the Far North will take us through our birthdays. Thank you, Paul, and a good morning, everybody. Yes, it is the start of a new work, but there are some birthdays this morning. Uh, first of all, a dual oval ball international, a black cap, and a New Zealand Maori, and that's where we're going to start. Otere Black, born on the 4th of May 1995, is a New Zealand rugby union player who currently plays at first five for Manawatu in the Māori Team Cup and the Blues in Super Rugby. Black has also appeared for the Hurricanes in Super Rugby between 2015 and 2017. Black, who is 25 today, also played for both New Zealand Māori at international level and the New Zealand under-20s at age group. Moving on, Paul John Wiseman, born the 4th of May 1970, is a former New Zealand cricketer. Known as the absolute battler, he bowled right-arm spin and was also a right-handed batsman. Wiseman, who turns 50 today, played 25 matches, scoring 366 runs at an average of 14. He took 66 wickets at an average of 47.59, his best figures being... Five for 82. And finally, Leslie Pyre Imuli Vanikolo, born the 4th of May 1979, is a former professional league and a union player. A dual code international, he has played for New Zealand Kiwis in rugby league and England in rugby union. Vanikolo, who turns 41 today, played a wing or centre and made 15 appearances for the New Zealand Kiwis between 1998 and 2005. He played five rugby union tests for England during the Six Nations Championship in 2005. And uh, just a quick note, it is International Star Wars Day today, folks, wherever you are around in the world. So may the 4th be with you. Thank you very much, Stephen. And may the 4th be with you too. Uh, happy birthday to all those people. Let's hope they have a lovely cake in their shutdown, in, the, in, their, well, in, in their bubbles today. 
Moving on then to rugby union news. And uh, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, Bill Beaumont has been uh, voted in as the chairman for the next four years of world rugby. Brett Impey gave an interview um, yesterday. He is the chairman of the of New Zealand rugby. Uh, and he made this statement that, uh, uh, that we needed to see definite change from Bill Beaumont or New Zealand rugby might not be in world rugby in four years' time. That is a very big um, uh, well statement to make uh, and sounds like New Zealand rugby is threatening to pull out of world rugby uh, and go it alone or go it with their Sanzar partners. That would be a major schism in, uh, obviously, in the rugby world. Uh, but and I say that say that is obviously a very very big threat that's, uh, that's 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 been thrown there. We'll see how much publicity that gets, uh, and or whether it's one of those ones that just gets brushed under the carpet quietly um, for political purposes. But we'll see. Uh, that's, that sounds. We'll we'll see where that goes. Clearly, a lot of bad feeling uh, going around in um, some rugby circles about how the vote went. I know a lot of people from in the Americas are not happy with the way that Canada voted. Um, for example. Um, we'll be covering all of that in the Hash Rugby Chat Show on Tuesday evening at 8pm. So join myself, um, Stephen and John for that discussion. Also, if you're interested in rugby, then at 2pm today, I have a fantastic interview um, with um, Gameline Analytics. We'll be talking about uh, we'll be talking about that, how they look at rugby or and actually all sports. Uh, but uh, we have some interesting insights around the structure of New Zealand rugby and why it has been so successful over the uh, over, over the past sort of couple of decades. Um, so do check that out at 2pm today. I'm going to hand you over now back to Stephen. We'll take us through our league update. Thanks again, uh, Paul. It's all about the uh, uh, Warriors this morning. The New Zealand Warriors could yet play host to NRL games this season. While the expectation is that the Warriors will be based in Australia for the entire NRL season, as the competition pushes for resumption on May 28th after being postponed due to COVID-19 pandemic. Their hope remains that Rugby League could return to Mount Spart Stadium in 2020. The Warriors, who left for Tamworth yesterday to begin their 14-day quarantine after being granted travel exemption to continue the NRL season before moving to the central coast where they will be based. Now, that could be for the remainder of the season, but Australian Rugby League Commission Peter Valandes has given a glimmer of hope to the Auckland-based fans that the possibility of games being played in New Zealand at some point in the season will extend all the way until the end of October. Now, let's hope that actually happens. And uh, speaking of... Uh, Things are happening. Well, there were some very emotional scenes at the Auckland Airport yesterday as the Warriors aborted their flight for Australia, returning to start the NRL season. The decision to relocate to Tamworth comes at a hefty personal cost, having to head away without their families and possibly not being able to see them until October. The players are set to undergo a 14-day quarantine once they arrive in Tamworth before moving to that Central Coast base. One image on Instagram yesterday showed how tough it will be with Adam Blair's partner, Jess, snapping an image of Adam hugging and saying goodbye to his son, Taika at the airport. However, Warriors CEO George Cameron told the New Zealand Herald that negotiations were already underway to enable players' families into Australia. 
That has been a priority for us. It has been non-negotiable with the NRL, and that is my personal commitment to the club, George said. Not every family could go, and some don't want to go. All families are different. Some want to go a bit later. Some want to go for the duration. Now, George also confirmed that uh, these are ongoing negotiations with the Australian and New South Wales government for family members to travel to Australia because, like the players, they will basically also have to go into a 14-day uh, quarantine if they are to get to see the rest of their families or if they are able to uh, to travel. So uh, there we go. That's it uh, for pretty much for league news uh, this morning, Paul. See you tomorrow. Well, just before you go, well, we're going to have a quick update from Shane, who is uh, our friend on the ground in Tamworth. Um, and let's see if te the technical issues need, we can get to get his voice on. Sure so, sorry, yeah. The feedback I'm getting from um, the Warriors' visit to Tamworth for their isolation hub and training is very good. Um, I certainly know somebody that's been involved with rugby league for the last three years locally, how important rugby league clubs are to the community and their supporters. So the Warriors will be very welcome and... Um, they will be very well looked after by the West Tamworth Leagues Club. Um, there will be plenty of space for them to have meals, plenty of space to do the indoor training, outdoor training, Scully Park, um, home of many great West Tamworth Rugby League victories over the years, particularly over the North Tamworth. Um, certainly is behind there, um, a great rugby league ground, as well as Ken Chillingworth Oval just across the road, the home of the Mighty Pirates Rugby Club. So there's plenty of space to train, plenty of space to do things. We really welcome them with open arms. We can't physically be there for them, um, but uh, it's my hope that they'll go on and have a great season. And I wish Stephen Kearney and his side all the very best of luck. And I wish all the backroom staff um, well as well and stay strong, everybody. Uh, the NRL's coming back. So yeah, that's our update from Shane, who is. Whoops. So there we go. That's our update from Shane, who lives in Tamworth, uh, and who is uh, obviously they're going to be welcome there very well. And it looks like they have got uh, a couple of grounds they can use uh, over there as well as indoor facilities as well. Moving on now to other sports news, and um, so you'll know him as Sir Gregor the Mountain Cleggan, um, but his real name is. Um, well, let's here we here we go. Uh, Hafthor um, Bornson um, has uh, he has broken the world deadlift record. I mean, he has lifted a mammoth five hundred and one kgs um, to break that record. Um, the deadlift is where uh, you that you don't have to lift it above your head. You just um, just have to block your knees out and hold it for two seconds. I say just. Um, uh, that is still a, a a massive weight that he has managed to lift there. Um, he is a previous world strongest man um, as well. And uh, to give you an idea as to quite how big a feat this is, um, when uh, Britain Eddie Hall uh, lifted 500 kgs in 2006, he had nosebleeds um, and also passed out from lifting that weight. Uh, to give you an idea, in other measurements, that's around about the 80, 80 stone uh, kind of weight is how much he's he's lifted. So, yes, um, congratulations there to um, Sir Gregor 
in his new world record. Moving over to the USA and the NFL uh, is looking like it's going to be on course to begin its season on time in September. They're perhaps one of the luckiest sports uh, around in the fact that they tied up their last season in February just before the coronavirus uh, caused lockdown and disruption. Um, and it looks like they will be able to kick off on the 10th of September um, on time with the Super Bowl happening in Tampa on February the 7th. Now, uh, clearly, whether there'll be fans or not and what structure the league will take uh, is still has still not been announced. Um, but they have said there will not be a plethora of Saturday games. Uh, I think there'll be obviously ESPN will still be wanting its uh, normal slots um, so that it uh, gets obviously as much content out to fans as it can do. Uh, to give you an idea as to quite how pent up the, the the demand for sports is, the draft attracted a record 55 million viewers um, in the US, which uh, um, is 16% growth on 2019, apparently. Um, so clearly there is a lot of people missing their sport and wanting to see it come back. Finally, the European Road Race Championships um, have been postponed this year and will not take place in 2020 and instead uh, will, 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 will be moved to 2021. But uh, the Italian province of uh, Trento will still remain as the host. Um, it'll just be happening one year later there. They're still working, obviously, on how the 2021 calendar will look. Um, but the 1st, the 5th of September or the 8th to 12th of September are looking like the most likely dates for those races. That brings you up to date with all of the important news. Don't forget, the long talk will be happening today at 2 p.m. It'll be happening at 2 p.m. every single day. We've got some great names lined up this week, including international volleyball players. Um, we have head coaches um, and uh, uh, in there as well as, I say, that game line analytics talk. Also, uh, hopefully getting one of the sports CEOs on as well. So canoe racing for that one. Uh, don't forget also on Tuesday evening at 8pm, hash rugby chat will be taking place and there we will be talking about all those changes that are happening. We'll also be talking about New Zealand Rugby's finances and its um, and how Super Rugby will look. On Wednesday evening, we have the, um, uh, the Do You Know Sports sports quiz. And then Ashwin, you will be hosting on Thursday evening, um, swinging from the hip. Uh, do you know what topics will be coming up in that one? Uh, look, um, obviously, there's a few few days to go under the bridge, so to speak, um, until Thursday. But what we're hoping to get on is somebody who's more uh, familiar with Pakistani cricket and can uh, enlighten us a bit more on the Umar Akmal situation and, and, and what goes on in Pakistan cricket in terms of uh, uh, disciplinary matters. So looking at having a special guest there on Thursday evening at 8pm, an expert bringing you up to date with all of those pieces. So keep it dialed. Don't forget to like the Facebook page, New Zealand Sports Radio. Or if you prefer to listen as you drive around town or do the housework, then uh, do subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Acast, all of your favorite podcatchers. Just search for New Zealand Sports Radio. Uh, have a safe day. Have a great day. You've started it the best way. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.